You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? I'm RJ Zimmerman, here with my brother-in-law, Monte Wall. It's been a minute there, big fella. How you doing? Good, but yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It has been a while. Um, has been a while, and, I, and I, think it's, I think it's good that we, you know, we're sending out messages and stuff like that on social media to our listeners just to update them on uh, how crazy it's been. Um, so... Yeah, man. I mean, I think uh, everyone's interested to hear what you got to say, man. Where you been? What was it like? Um, and how much sleep you did not get? <laughs> uh, well, you know, to start off, I think everybody knows at this point, I'm a lineman. Uh, <clears throat> so we work on, you know, power lines, getting people power back. Uh, storms go through, we go out and work anytime uh, for as long as it takes. Well, a major storm rolled through Iowa uh, two weeks ago Monday, and we got the call that they needed some help. So uh, we worked uh, till what was it, 11 o'clock on uh, Monday night in Wisconsin, kind of cleaning up some of the last pieces that went through of that storm. But uh, then Monday morning, right away, we drove to Iowa. And, man, just driving in there uh, to get to the you know place where they wanted us to meet up to get our orders and where mm-hmm. to go. It was unbelievable. It took us, I think, an hour and a half to get to the city. And then once we got to the city we were supposed to be in, it took us an hour to get through it. And this is not like you know, a Houston or Chicago level size city. Like, you know, this should have taken us 10 minutes to get there. But uh, there was another crew in front of us and they radioed, hey, you know, if you can avoid this, avoid going down this road because, you know, the the amount of trees that were over on the roads, uh, it was tough to get the big trucks through and we all had trailers and they said Mm -hmm. there's a a turn that you're probably going to end up hitting a tree with a trailer on. So we go past and that was a big mistake because every single road, there were trees laying over both sides. So you'd be weaving in and out. The amount of people out driving still just blows my mind because most of the roads are closed. There's trees over it. And I'm not talking like small tree branches. I mean like full-size trees laying over the road. Jeez. And there are a bunch of people still out driving? People are still out driving. So we're driving down these roads. You can't see what's on the other side of the street. And uh, and they have to stop and back up because we're six trucks long. Mm-hmm. We got trailers, and it's like, uh, yeah, we're not backing up. You're backing up for us. And we get to we get to this one part, and there's some communication cable that's really low across the road, and this basically showed us how the entire time was going to be. Uh, there was no way we could get our big trucks underneath it, so. We look at it, we're like, oh, maybe we can tempt this 
tempt this up to a tree or something because obviously there was still like you know at least half trees standing that you might be able to do something take a look at it no there's no way meanwhile you know there's power lines on the ground and you're like this is going to be a mess as soon as we got down there we were saying two weeks (coughs) um yeah it was it was unbelievably crazy we ended up cutting it it's like well they ain't getting their uh internet internet back for a couple weeks anyway right so just cut it we need to get through and so we ended up cutting it and then we drove about a quarter mile down wrong one way the wrong way because it's the only way we could get through there were four streets blocked off except for the one way so we ended up just throwing our strobes on driving down the one way wrong way we turned off as soon as we could and of course there's trees blocking our way again the road's closed. So we went up and talked to somebody in an excavator and they ended up basically being a snow plow for trees and plowed us a route to get to where we had to go. That's crazy. And that's how it started. <laughs> that's just that's just a start. <laughs> that's not even trying to fix things. That's not right. trying trying to uh yeah, figure out what's going on. This is just just to get to us get there. to the place where they're like, okay, this is where we need you. This is where you got to start. Jeez. And this has been, and, and so that, that was the start of, of all this. And so, cause, 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 you know, obviously, you know, you're in a group chat with my family and you're updating us on everything. And I'm trying to figure out what, when did this storm start? Like what, what, was this just a storm in Iowa or, or like, like what, where did this storm cover? You know what I mean? Like, did we experience any of this in Madison? Um, just the, I don't think so. It was south. It was too far south. Right. So like Southern Wisconsin saw the Northern end of the storm. It basically, so there were wind speeds clocked at 140 miles an hour. Jeez. Um, it was basically 120 miles per hour sustained winds. Sustained, sustained, not gust. Sustained <laughs> for about forty minutes, and it started at the a uh, little bit past Iowa border, so basically Des Moines, Iowa, mm-hmm. and went all the way through Iowa and made it to Chicago. Chicago was a lot lower wind speeds, yeah, but there were still in Chicago. There were videos the next day of uh, rooftops being blown off downtown Chicago. Jeez, man, yeah, and this all was, happened before the hurricanes came in right which obviously that's oh, yeah. more south yeah but. so we came into lunch on monday it was just you know normal monday like what whatever we just moved job sites so we're kind of getting settled into our new job trying to figure out what's available for to do now what can we wait to do and at noon we're eating lunch and guy goes there's eighty-eight thousand people out of power in power in iowa right now like, yeah, whatever, you know, you're just messing with us. Because we always joke, like, we're going to go to Iowa and storm. <laughs> <clears throat> and he's like, no, seriously. So I pull it up. Sure enough, there's 88,000 people on out. And you could see the storm was moving towards a big city. And it's like, there's about to be a lot more. Uh, a lot of people without power. Yeah. So then uh, we went out. And did one thing, and my supervisor called me and said, hey, we're going to have a, a 
you know, a meeting, a phone conference. So we jump on that. Yeah, everybody go home, pack your bags. We're going to be going out tonight. So I was like, all right. And yeah, that was. I mean, you kind of, you probably already kind of knew that 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 call was going to come, huh? Uh, We were suspecting, but we didn't know for sure. I mean, you know, they're. You never know when you're going to get a call to go help another utility or not. So sometimes it happens randomly, and sometimes it happens um, when you expect it. Right. I just think it's just remarkable that you know you just pack up, leave. You're kind of like a. You know, kind of like how they do for like hurricane relief. You know, it's just on call and just all right, time to go. And you guys actually stayed out there huh, for for these 12, 13, 14 days, didn't you? Yeah, we were there for 14 days. So uh, we got back on the 24th. Jeez. Yeah. And, and what stayed in a hotel? day we came back. And what stayed in a hotel and. What, what what you know? Run us through your average day. I mean, you woke up at what time and and on the road at what well, time? So they try to cap us at sixteen hours, especially on big storms like this. Um, cap at sixteen but, hours, Jesus. <laughs> but, but my crew, we are very uh, stubborn, uh-huh. and we're pretty young, so. If we're close to getting multiple people on, like, you know, let's say 10 to 20 people, we'll stay until we get those people on and then we'll pack up and go. In our first, I'd say four or five nights, probably five nights, uh-huh. uh, we stayed an hour and a half away. An hour um, and a half? Yes, yeah, it was an hour and a half drive to get to the hotel. Um, So we would... We would end up putting in 17, 18 hour days. Uh, I think the first night we put in 18. So we, for the most part, we're working nine to one, 9 a.m. to 1 a.m. There were a couple times we worked eight to midnight. Um, 8 a.m. to midnight. What's that? 8 a.m. to midnight? Yeah. And then obviously there were times (laughs) where we would go a little bit later, but. Um, it was about a week and a half before we finally got dinner. Um, we would pretty much take 10 or 15 minutes to eat lunch and then like we'd snack for dinner, but we would end up getting back and, you know, because of COVID Mm -hmm. and, uh, this storm, like restaurants were not open late. Right. One night we tried to get dinner and we ended up. Uh, having to drive all, I don't know why we tried four different restaurants in the town that got hit worse by the storm. It's like, of course they're not open. Like exactly. they, had probably, they had to move their food from that freezer to a different location so that it wouldn't go bad. Yep. And they have to get all new food in now. Like, what's, uh, what's some of the destruction that you were looking at like uh, you know for for other than the trees in the road because i remember you sending me videos of you guys like going inside of homes and um i mean no 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 you didn't send me the videos i'm just thinking like what kind of destruction you know did you guys come across like uh, of of maybe people's houses or stuff like that. No, I think I saw a video somewhere else on like Twitter or something. 
<clears throat> um, you know, for the most part, I, I would say at least half of the people in the path of the storm, right. it's probably closer to 60 to 70% lost portions of their roof, like, uh, you know, at least shingles. So they had to throw um, tarps on the roof or, you know, some people lost the plywood and um, trusses actually to their roof. Exactly. Um, there were multiple sheds and garages and cars that were landed on by big trees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this, I, <laughs> there are, 60% of the trees I'd say had uh, half the tree was gone at least. Jeez. Not to mention the ones that you had uh, completely uprooted. You had trees on houses all over the place. I mean, it, think about a tornado going through, mm-hmm. but instead of it being like, you know, at the longest you have a couple mile path, maybe 10 miles at the longest and the width of it being, you know, let's say a mile as a width. That's a, that's a massive tornado. This was like 40 miles wide across the entire state. And you had that wow. kind of damage. Like, where do you start? <laughs> that's, and then that's been my question. Like who told you guys, like, how did you guys start? How did you know where to start? How did you, like, how did you determine where to start? Well, they had pretty much 24 hours assessment, but to assess where they needed us to begin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's the transmission company, which has the big towers. Um, and like the, basically they're from, they go from where the power's generated. Right. They bring it to... It's called a substation, but, you know, we could call it like a a train stop. And then from there, it branches off and goes to the houses from the train stop. Well, there was a lot of the train stops that uh, had nothing going to it because the transmission had to be fixed. Uh, So they put us in a place where, you know, the train stop had power and the only place it didn't was going to the homes. So. We start from the basically a train stop and you work your way out. Okay, that makes that, sense. That's what we did uh, for the first four days. And then we moved to a different place and they were just getting the train stop online. The substation was about to be hot again. So we worked from there and went out. And then I think we ended up doing four more like that. So out of these, this entire two weeks... <clears throat> that you guys were down there um, fixing stuff and all that. Do you guys think you you think you did a good job? You guys think you like how what determined like okay, you know it's time it's time to go. We we helped all the people. We helped enough people. We helped you know we ran out of resources or we're running out of men and women to help. Um, you know I'm trying to ask like what what. You know, why'd you guys come back? I guess is my question. I, I'm assuming everybody's power is not fixed yet. I guess you guys um, just probably just need a new feed, shift. <laughs> all of the feeds were okay. back up. So okay. it was down to uh, people who had to wait for electricians to fix uh, gotcha. whatever they need to fix on their houses. That's, uh, 
you guys got the you guys got the bones and everything back up and you got the poles back up the wires and now the electricians that's got to come in and just turn their power on or stuff like that yep okay okay that makes sense that makes sense then Jeez. Um, one thing you know i mean a lot of things could have gone different on (laughs) on this uh you know, it took five days for the government to uh, activate the National Guard down there to help clear trees. Mm-hmm. And not only did it take five days, but it took, uh, you know, the company asking specifically, like, we need these trees gone because you can't even see what's underneath. You have to clear the trees before you can even do an assessment on what you need. Then you have to drive, get everything you need, drive back get everything ready to go and then set. And then, you know, it takes like it, it to <laughs> first few days, it took a long time to get those trees moved so we could get to access to some places. Right. So, um, you know, that should have been something that they did day one. I can't believe it took five days in a specific asking for it. Uh, I don't know if a state of emergency was ever declared. Um, we never saw FEMA. We never saw the Red Cross in there. We saw little, um, like little uh, organizations that were there to help people. Especially, you know, we went to a pre-manufactured housing complex or a trailer park, mm-hmm. and we did some work. And that there were people bringing in food for those people because we were on day ten, eleven. 12, I think we're on day 12 that they didn't have power when we were there. God, that might have been day 13, actually. Day 13 it's without all running any power. Together. I can't remember. I can imagine but going that long without any power. Pretty much everybody across Iowa was sold out on generators because, Gosh. you know, people were buying generators to run their homes, uh, mm-hmm. at least partially. So... Uh, you know, if your power goes out for a long period of time, let's say you have a deep chest freezer and you have a lot of uh, like meat in there that's frozen. Right. That'll last about five days, uh, maybe seven, if as long as you don't keep opening and closing it to check it because um, everything's already frozen and it's insulated. So it'll, you know, it's basically just becoming an ice cooler. You don't have the power to kick on to cool it down to that level but it'll stay for a long time your stuff in your refrigerator you're looking at more two to three days before that stuff starts to be out to normal temperature as long as you don't opening and closing it constantly if you're opening and closing constantly you're letting all that the cool air out so it's not gonna it's not gonna stay cool for as long so so what now like they're uh, like would would you guys ever would you guys ever go down to you know Louisiana or the bottom part of Arkansas or anything or obviously Florida to kind of do the same thing? Yeah. So how it works is um, the utilities have to ask for mutual aid, mm-hmm. and then they kind of have to ask my company specifically. Um, like we could say, you know, we're, you know, we're available if you want, if you need help. Um, but they have to ask for it and then they have to be like, okay, yes, we need 
we need guys. How many can you spare? My company will say, this is how many guys we can spare. And then uh, we could possibly go. So, yeah, but two weeks on the road. Uh, You know, luckily you guys were there for to help my wife, you know, with the kids. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so it's a long time to be away from the kids. That's for sure. That is. And, and yeah, that's pretty much what my uh, two weeks consisted of. I mean, it's obviously work still at the hotel, of course. Um, But knowing that you were – knowing that you were gone in Iowa, you know, obviously we all rallied around my sister and helped her out with – with uh, your your two sons, and uh, it was a pretty pretty good two weeks. Um, I just already knew that you would have a bunch of content for us uh, regarding your job um, because you were quite busy, quite busy. Uh, so. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of an understatement. I kept trying to find times to FaceTime, but. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, we'll get this one job done and then I'll be able to, you know, call for a little bit. Right. But when there's that much work to do, I mean, you know, there were, it's tough to be like, okay, I'll take 10 minutes aside to be able to talk to the kids and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, when everybody else is working and you have people like, you know, I've been out of power for 10 days, you know, is there any way you could do anything you could do to get, get me power back and. I understand people asking for that too, but you know, when it's day 10 and we've been 17, 18 hour days, most nights had no dinner. Um, and I, you know, I appreciate, appreciate everyone asking, you know, if we want food, but you know, there's only so many nights you can have pizza. Exactly. Um, (laughs) You just need, you need to sit down and have a meal at a certain point. Uh, and you know, we really did stretch ourselves thin. Uh, we we worked with a lot of a lot of people who have worked every major hurricane since uh-huh. the '90s. Oh, geez! And uh, you know, at, pretty much everybody who came through said this is the worst storm they've seen. Everything you had to do, it wasn't like an easy fix. It was all time consuming, and it was all um, you know hard work that you had to do to get stuff on. Gosh, um, it's not like there was, you know, oh, you know, this, this will take 30 minutes and we can stretch it out and make it an hour and a half. It was like, no, this is going to take an hour and a half if we really hustle. Uh, more than likely, it's going to take two, two and a half. I bet. Uh, that's so, what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's what it would, you know, the tiring. So, okay, that's my question. So, whenever you guys went there, did you know you were going to stay for two weeks or is it all just like a play by ear depending on how much all depends on how much work that needs to be accomplished and how long it takes? Uh, the first, the first couple hours we rolled in, uh, I kind of told the guys, you know, I'd plan on two weeks and we'll start from there. Mm. So it, it almost ended up being a little bit shorter. Uh, they wanted to send us back a little bit earlier and we kept saying, no, there's no way you can send us back and get these people on. Like, um, you know, and we ended up winning that argument that we stayed and we're there until we got the last of the bones as you put it back up. But it was, there's a lot of, uh, 
<laughs> you know, a lot of old lines that are now brand, completely brand new, like the entire system's new. It's it's unreal. Jeez. And it wasn't just the overhead, like the poles and the overhead of lines that fell down, you know, it was trees falling on underground equipment and, um, you know, tree ruts pulling through some underground lines and breaking them. And I mean, it was, it was just about everything. It was, it was unreal. And then, you know, I, I came home and we're talking about COVID. I started talking about COVID like, I don't know, four days before we came home. Like, are we going to be able to get a test? We testing in Iowa. We testing in Wisconsin. Excuse me. Are they going to test us at the border? Are they going to give us a first responder test, which is, you know, uh, they can let you know your results a lot faster. Mm -hmm. The answer to that was no. Uh, They refused to give us a first responder test. Uh, They refused to classify us as first responders. Why? Um, That's crazy. The governor loved to blame us that we were working slow. Um, asked us what we needed. You know, we were down there. We worked our tails off. We we earned everything we got. But the governor refused to help us out as far as getting tests. Getting, um, you know, it took us five days to get the national guard to start clearing trees. And even then, they wouldn't clear for the civilians. It was just for us, right? For the work we had to do. Like that's how ridiculously mismanaged. Jeez. This storm was from the highest level. Um, the governor of Iowa, huh? Yes. Wow. <clears throat> she, yeah. And then, you know, they started saying, you know, a week from the start of the storm, everybody will have their powers. Like, no, they won't. Who are you talking to? Quit spreading lies. Mm. Like, there's no possible way. First off, we can't get the material. Second off, we don't have the manpower. And third, some of this, we don't even know what it looks like because we can't get through the trees still. Like, our last day there, there were still major roads blocked by trees that you Jeez. couldn't get through. It was two weeks. And you're going to blame city workers for not getting to that? I mean, come on. There's resources that were completely untapped the entire time we were there. And it just blows my mind. I, we went to that trailer park, and I'm walking around, I'm like, what is going on? Like these trees haven't been removed for, from these people's trailers. We had a piece of equipment, a you know, transformer fall off a pole through a trailer's roof into a bathroom. Like Jeez. if that trailer, that trailer was unoccupied, it was already uh, condemned. So, yep. but if somebody had lived in that trailer, like that would have been so, so, so bad, so bad. I cannot imagine riding that storm out in a trailer. Absolutely not. Now that's exactly trailers are not built for storms like that, and that's and that's that's just really unfortunate, man. I mean, because you know we're talking about which, thank goodness, you guys do. You know, we have people like yourself who do what you do. So we're extremely grateful. But man, imagine like how much people lost. Yes, like, there are a few videos that I took. It's like man, the last place we were in. I think we there were ten condemned houses, maybe more, that were people were living in. Well, yeah, because they were their homes. Like, you know, condemned doesn't necessarily mean that the house needs to be bulldozed and 
restarted right. from the scratch, but there were a few in there that needed that. Um, Jeez, man. Yeah, it was. There were there was this one garage that uh, was actually kind of we were able to use it to get to the backyard to get some pulls done because mm-hmm. obviously if you can get a truck to a pole, it's going to take a lot less time than if you have to climb the pole. Even if you're quick climbing a pole, you know, buckets half the time. And uh, the guys said when they started going through, they had about two feet on each side of their mirror to get through there. Well, when we went through the next day, there were inches. So that garage was leaning towards the gap there. It kept falling over, and it was only a matter of time before it completely collapsed. That's just... That's that's what I always think about, man. Like especially right next, like right now, what's going on down in Louisiana? I think the bottom part of Arkansas, obviously Florida, maybe some other states down Texas there. Yeah, got hit decent. Oh, they did. Yeah, um, you know, obviously with Hurricane Laura, just man, you know, people are losing. You know, they're not so much. You know, obviously, yeah, I care about the house, but you know, it's the stuff that's in the house that you know you can't really recreate, which you know are newborn photos um you know family photos etc you know stuff like that is just unfortunate so you know here at unsaid keg we most definitely are thinking about you guys down there um, obviously thinking about you guys in iowa but everyone impacted you know by hurricane laura and then obviously the fires on the west coast as well you know most definitely thinking about you guys um it's such crazy times man it it's, really is you know, everywhere needs help and it, you know one of the craziest things was iowa um you had people there watching the news hoping to see get some national attention right uh get some national nonprofits in there get some get some more volunteers uh there was not anything except for on the weather channel about it uh the weather channel was only national news that covered it and then you know trump came it's like you know, whatever, but uh, I think they talked about it for a couple hours, but that was it. Trump but, showed up there? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And part of the reason for that, I honestly believe, is that the governor never declared a state of emergency, which should have been done right away. And you have, you know, just the what the farmers lost there as mm. well. Like you had silos tipped over. You had uh, barns just completely torn torn apart you right. have crops corn crops that you can't harvest they're damaged beyond <coughs> harvesting how many people were, were were without power at the highest peak mm-hmm. uh, it was over three hundred thousand. yeah how was that not a state of emergency yeah i mean it was over complete, a quarter of a million people <laughs> it was the complete uh cities obviously and towns for you know over a week um, and I just think it's going to be a snap of the fingers and power's going to be back. Like, you know, that was one of the things that was nice was even after 13 days, you had people that were welcoming of us. Nobody was really mad at us. They, mm-hmm. all you had to do was look around and you could see right. why it was taking so long. But that doesn't mean that you feel okay that it's taking so long, right? Like people, it would be midnight and people would be almost begging for their power to be back on. And Jeez, it's like, man. I'm sorry, we can't do anything tonight. There's just, 
you know, it would take us five hours to do this. We'll be back tomorrow. Then it's like, you know, I, I get what they're saying, but at the same time, you know, I gotta, I gotta look out for the crew. You know, right. I, I asked a lot of them, um, just because I felt so bad for these people and, uh, you know, they stepped up, they stepped up in a way that I couldn't have counted on. Like, you know, they, we were all tired and there were parts where we were cranky with each other. And, of course. You know, you're, you're spending two weeks with the same people, mm-hmm. no breaks. There's nobody else really to talk to. <clears throat> and you're just, you know, you're, you're physically and mentally tired. Yep. Yep. And that was the thing too. Um, you know, I offered a couple of easy days and they're like, well, you know, it'd be, it's better for us if you give us steady work so that we don't think we're just doing and we can see what we're doing. It's like, all right, I can, I can do that. Right. So that's what I try to do. Um, you know, there were three days I think where I was like, you know, let's, let's get done early tonight. Let's go get dinner. And we ended up being like, well, if we fi- finish this and then this, you won't have to do it tomorrow, a bunch of people will be back on tonight. That too. So then it was, oh yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. And then next thing you know, it's midnight and it's like, gosh, darn it. We're going to get done early tonight. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the thing, man. You guys are, you guys most definitely are, are (laughs) very important. Very, very important. Um, Always been important. It just seems like, like right now in these times, gosh, who knows what's going on. Even though we're burning from one side of the country and hurricanes from the other. So it's like, you know, people in your field are making their money. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Well, I mean, the first night we were back, so we got tested. Finally, the, you know, Iowa let us get tested at their uh, Mm -hmm. drive up site. Nice. And then I actually got tested in Wisconsin on my way through as well because I heard Wisconsin's tests were coming back quick, which I'm glad I did. My Wisconsin test came in about um, eight hours earlier right? than the Iowa test. Um, so, you know, that was a huge thing because we were around so many people. And it wasn't about keeping your social distance at that point. It was trying to make people feel comfortable trying to get the power back on as quick as possible so we you know we were exposed mm-hmm. to a lot of different people um so yeah it was i ended up staying in a hotel monday night because of the daycare if i was exposed and i had it i couldn't come home and see my kids or right. my wife after two weeks um and give that to them and then we'd have to shut the daycare down and then the teachers wouldn't be paid exactly who knows if the kids would come back. So I ended up staying in a hotel and I went to bed early. I went to bed at like eight o'clock because obviously I was tired. I got called in at one <laughs> to work and I worked until 11 a.m. This is after. This is after we trip. got back to Wisconsin. Right. Oh my goodness, man. So then I ended up Gosh. taking. Where'd you have to go? Uh, it was it was the town that I was staying staying okay. in. So, okay. but then so then I get we get the whole day the rest of the day off. So, 
I come home before I get my test and I'm like, well, I'll just stay in the basement, whatever. But I need a decent shower. Mm -hmm. I want to see my house. I ended up waking up from a nap and being like, where am I? What is going? Like, I was super confused. (laughs) So then uh, I think I got like three hours of sleep. Uh, Not even. And I finally got my test and it was negative. So I went to go see the kids and I ended up taking Wednesday off. And then I get a call. Hey, you know, we have we have some work on Friday. Would you guys be able to do it? And I'm like, oh, God. If the rest <laughs> of the crew wants to do it, I'll do it. But I don't. I really don't want to on Friday. I'm done right. with this whole time for now. I need some rest. Exactly. So I asked the rest of the crew, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we'd like to do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, it's only six hours or whatever. Yeah, we'll do it. Then I'll be into work on Thursday so we can prep everything and everything will be ready to go. So Thursday we're in working and they're like, oh, you know, it's supposed to rain. We're supposed to get quite a bit of rain. So, you know, if there's this much rain, we'll only do two hours of work and this is what we have to get done. I'm like, perfect. So come home, spending the night with my kids, second night and Ashley, and then my phone rings at seven o'clock. I answer it. They're like, hey, you know, we, we need some more help up here. How would you be able to come in? It's like, oh my gosh, do I want to do this? Do I not? Uh, I guess I'll come in. Thinking it'd be four hours. <laughs> nope, we worked until 11 o'clock the next morning. Again. Brutal, man. I mean, <laughs> man, I'm not, you know, gosh. I mean, that's the thing. That's that's all, that's why I'm so glad that you're you're talking about it because, you know, even me, obviously, before I... You know, before you pursued this career, um, and obviously, you know, you being, you know, part of our family, of course, and once you started to pursue, pursue this career and talking about it more, I had, you know, I'm completely oblivious to the people who are what it all entails, you know, for, for you know, getting the street lights back up, or not the street lights, you know what I mean, the poles back up and all that stuff. You know, I, I'm one who had no idea. I'm someone who had no idea of all that that entails. So it's pretty cool that you're chatting about it now, giving people an idea of, you know, just how hectic it can be when storms come in and a lot of the unknown that you guys have to battle through. Um, And obviously just the hazardous, it's already hazardous dealing with, you know, the electricity, you know, the, 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 the watts, the wattage that you guys deal with, but, Obviously, putting COVID on top of that, traveling, it's just, I guess what I'm getting at is we appreciate you guys. Most definitely appreciate all the work that you guys do. I mean, I know that the people in Iowa are extremely grateful. Well, I appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, you know, that was, that was something that, you know, people of Iowa were very grateful for us being there and helping mm-hmm. out. And, you know, we'd close a fuse in and. Uh, you'd hear, you'd hear cheering and dancing and people running outside, you know, thank you. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. But you know, one thing about this job is we, we actually have a a shortage right now of, uh, workers. Um, you know, when I started the average age of alignment was 58. Uh, now the average age is down to probably somewhere in the 30s i would say that's how many retirements we've had um 
and I think every single company out there has been very slow to uh, hire. And one thing that I've been talking about for years and I've been talking about since we started this show is the lack of diversity mm. in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, and being down there just really cemented it. Uh, I think there were 1,500 linemen. I probably saw, you know, based on the three places that we got material from, right. I would say close to 500. Uh, yeah, I only saw two people of color, black or brown people, Jeez. two people of color, two like, you know, we, and it's really what it is, is a lack of knowledge. Like you were just saying about the field, mm-hmm. like this is a good yeah. job. It's a good job to raise a family doing, um, you know, it's very, it's very gratifying as well. Like I said, when you're plugging fuses back in and people are extremely happy and grateful and right uh, things you get to see, the things you get to do, but we need to do a better job of extending. And this starts, you know, with the people in the field the our union as a whole like the mm-hmm. international that is IBEW International Brotherhood of Electric Workers mm-hmm. um we need to extend a hand to people who have been uh marginalized and this is an instant basically a ticket to the middle class and you know it is very satisfying. We need to do a better job of uh, including um, a wider swath of people in yep. this career because having different uh, ways to look at things is nothing but a positive. And you get a big storm like that, you need other people's uh, opinions and how they see things like yeah, I think it's just good. I look at things differently than how somebody else on my crew looks at things, and maybe right. neither is the best way. Maybe we don't know the best way. You don't know what you don't know, right? So, as dumb as that quote is, it's like one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, you don't know what what you don't know because it's so true. You know, ignorance is bliss ignorance is bliss so yeah i think it's i think i think it's good that you're mentioning that too because obviously every employer every workplace what have you should you know obviously focus on inclusion diversity and and yeah and and i think it also goes maybe a little both ways too here i mean i'm gonna be real with you here out of all the black people i know if i asked them hey (laughs) Do you want to be a lineman? Do you want to go up there and mess with what's the average watts or whatever that you that voltage. you deal with? Yeah, what's the average wattage that you deal with? Seventy two hundred volts. Which you know what is that? That's a that's a that's enough to that's enough to kill someone, right? Well, I mean, one hundred and twenty volts is enough to kill someone. Exactly. So, I mean, if I mentioned that to some of my friends. Hey, would you uh, <laughs> like to go up there and and mess with seventy two hundred watts? Obviously, they're going to be like, heck no. So, I think it's 
some brave individuals who sign up for that job. And not saying that obviously my friends or black people aren't brave, but just like you mentioned earlier, I just think it's, you know, you don't know what you don't know. It's when you look at it, when you hear about it, it's an immediate, absolutely not. I'm not fit out for that. (laughs) Not cut out for that job, but it's just pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. You start to learn more and more about how you know, what all needs to fall into place or what everyone needs to do in order for a neighborhood just to have power. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen a lot of, uh, well, first off, you know, that has something to do with uh, ignorance too. Yeah, is it a dangerous job? Yeah, yeah but, you know, the fire firefighters are dangerous, you know, police officers exactly. are dangerous yep. Um, yep. for different reasons, but somewhat could be similar as well. Uh, you know, different, every job has its dangers. Uh, obviously working with electricity, you could do something wrong one day and either kill somebody or kill yourself. And that's, that's something that's always going to be on your mind at work, especially when you're doing things. Especially when you're tired, it's 2 a.m., the wind is blowing in your face, maybe snow hitting you in your face. (laughs) I know the truth. That's when you're on your A game. I guess so, yeah. When when things are at their worst, Mm -hmm. you're more focused. You understand kind of what you're up against. Right. Um, It's when you get into the everyday work, the monotony, the... When you get into autopilot. Yes, you start to take things for granted. Um, That makes sense. That's when it gets most dangerous. So, and actually... The most dangerous part of our job, which people like to point out, is when we retire uh, old stuff because you don't have the electricity right there anymore. You don't wait. You know, wait, say that again. Wait, what? When you retire old stuff. Yeah. So, like, we build a new line. Well, that old line, you can't just leave there. So, we have to retire it. That makes does sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Yeah, that does. So, when we're taking that new that old line out, that's when a lot of the injuries happen. Like, you know, you could be pulling on it while it's on the ground, and you pull a little too hard, you strain a muscle, or you're not paying attention to uh, the pole that's about to come down, and it falls and lands on your foot, or God forbid, lands on you. You know, that's kind of the most dangerous part because you start to take things for granted. Then, when you're focused and working on the actual electricity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. So, I mean, a lot that goes into it. My gosh. And (laughs) it is, it's fun. It is, it's a fun job. I, I enjoy my job. I've, I'm tired right now. Like, dude, Friday, Friday night, I was the most tired I think I've ever been in my entire life. Uh, (laughs) You know, the second time in a week that I worked till 11 a.m. from the night before. Never really got caught up on my sleep from the previous two weeks. Yeah, that was, I slept, I slept until almost five and I went to, I fell back asleep at like seven thirty, eight o'clock. <laughs> it was like, it took everything I had right. to, uh, to stay up that long even. So. Right, and then, I mean, yeah, then you got, to, th- <laughs> to throw this on top of all that, you know, you got obviously two two children under the age of three. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that's, I don't understand. 
Exactly. They just want daddy's back, so it's time to play. Yep, exactly. So it's that's tiring in itself, just having two kids under the age of three. But then obviously throwing your job on top of that, the physical demand that your job, you know, demands <laughs> is is you know just something else that you got to throw on top of that. So it's just it's just cool, man. I think that's awesome for the listeners to kind of understand where. You know where you've been. Um, yeah, I you know. and I knew at some point my job was going to conflict with the podcast somehow, whether it was going to be a delayed recording or, you know, even like I'd be gone one night. We'd record later in the week, but mm-hmm. yeah, this was, <clears throat> this was a different kind of beast. Yeah, and I th- but I think it's I think we got a good group of listeners though. They understand. I mean, we've mentioned this at the beginning. They know exactly, you know, what you're doing. Just like you said, you can be on call at any time and just like you mentioned now, you can be gone for 2 weeks uh working. And they obviously know what I'm doing too is working in the hotel with the homeless population at any time. Um I can be called downstairs and have to deal with a crisis situation. Um, it can even happen while we're recording. So it's, you know, our jobs are demanding, but um, I think we got a good group of listeners who understand that. Yeah. I hope they, I hope they enjoy, enjoy that we're back. So indeed, indeed. Oh, so updates. So updates on my end. Um, you know, like everyone knows, I, I also do some work with the Wisconsin Voices for Recovery, and uh, <clears throat> we have this live Q and A that we do each week, where we just have somebody from the community um, or someone nationally hop on and just kind of, you know, via Zoom chat with us. We record it, of course, to to allow for our so people who who can't watch it live to uh, you know check back into it, but. You know, this last time we had Tom Farley on there, and those who don't know who Tom Farley is, he uh, he's a huge advocate in the recovery world. He does a lot of things. He um, co-authored um, Chris Farley's book. Um, um, obviously, again, yeah, he's the brother of Chris Farley, so his family is really heavily involved into the advocacy programs for recovery and all that stuff. So it was just wonderful to talk to him, obviously talking to somebody like Tom, who's a remarkable person who does a lot of great things in the community. Um, And then obviously hearing stories from him about his brother, Chris, uh, you know, the great Chris Farley. So long story short, um, had a wonderful conversation with Tom and, um, moving forward, the goal is, and I know he'll be on board with this, so that's why I'm just going to go ahead and just drop it um, to get him as a guest on the show. So that's going to be awesome, man. I know, I know for a fact he's gonna he's gonna love that. He's most definitely gonna love that because uh, I already mentioned it to him, and he loved the idea. And he was talking about us going on stage and talking and all this stuff. So he's a, just a pretty cool, down to earth guy. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it'd be awesome to have him on the show just to kind of pick his brain and chat with him and hear some stories, you know, of himself 
some things that he's doing moving forward, but also hear some stories of Chris Farley. So yeah, I don't, you know, don't want to get too long winded on that, but I think it's just going to be awesome. I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, that's kind of yeah, what that I've would been, be, that would be awesome. Having yeah. different voices, different perspectives. Exactly. Um, and then somebody at that, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say somebody who experienced tragedy from, mm. uh, recovery. You know, one exactly. thing that I, I'll let you finish. And then I got another story about being down there too. No, no, no. I'm good. That's that's kind of all I had is just pretty much was going to end it exactly how you just said it. A different voice, but then someone just at that, you know, at that level, at that caliber of, um, you know, him being part of the Farley family. But yeah, I think that's a major point too. You know, him to talk about tragedy. Um, you know, losing his brother, of course, to to um, alcohol and or drugs. So it's just something that I think would be, will fit in perfectly with our, with our podcast. I agree. And that's something, you know, that I think the main reason that we wanted to start this was to help people give a voice. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's not enough, like you, you hear stories about people being on a, you know, their sober journey as we call it. And cause that's really what it is. You're never just over your addictions. You're never just, you know, it's always there in the back of your head and, you All know, right. something good to talk about here. You know, that two weeks was the hardest it's ever been for me to not drink. Like you go, you leave the hotel. We tried to get breakfast every morning because it was really our only real <laughs> meal of the day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we'd sometimes get a sandwich for lunch or we'd get something not great. And then we'd go. We get something not great for dinner. I think we only had dinner twice, three times. Jeez! But, so would you just snacked whenever you could? Just yeah, like, pretty yeah, like much. A quick slim jam or quick, great. you know, some so you peanuts. Go or back something. to the hotel. Jeez! Yeah, you go back to the hotel and you get eight hours to yourself. While you're gonna spend most of that eight hours sleeping because you're working your tail off. It's not like you're out there taking naps or you know you're going real slow. Like right, we were constantly <laughs> moving, constantly trying to get you know, these fuses plugged in so these people could have power. And uh, pretty much it was drink and hang out with the guys mm -hmm. and then or go to sleep. And it was like at a certain point after going to sleep, doing nothing but going to sleep, like you, you need a different outlet. So to see the guys drinking, especially a beer that I enjoyed when I drank, like, you know, it was tough to be out there with those guys and not having one. Right. And then we, uh, towards, I think it was the night before, two nights before we left, uh, we went out to a restaurant to eat and everybody's getting, you know, these drinks and, you know, somebody gets something that I used to drink and it's like, God, that would be awesome. But I ordered a wild cherry Pepsi and I take a drink and all I get was that warming sensation in my throat all the way down to my stomach. And you know what I'm talking about? And the horror on my face, everybody was like, oh, what's wrong? I'm like, I, I think they messed up and they mixed something in here. So, you know, I had somebody else taste it. They're like, no, I, I just get soda. And I'm like, I take another sip and it's like that warming sensation. It's like, I've never had a soda that was that warming sensation. That makes no sense. It's <laughs> mixed with alcohol. So I ended up getting another drink and it was like. 
God, did I just blow six and a half years of sobriety just because, you know, somebody mixed something up at the bar? Nah. But uh, I, I'm sure if there was something in it after, you know, being sober for this long and not mm-hmm. having anything, I would have felt the effects of it. I didn't feel anything, but. Yeah, you would. Like, nah, I think you're good. <sighs> I think you're good. It's, at least you're, like you said, you're aware of it, though. Um, it was tough. It, the last night we were there, the, you know, man, two managers bought, you know, beer and sitting out there with the guys. And everybody was obviously really awesome. They all respect my decision. And when I tell stories about, you know, how I used to drink and what mm-hmm. I used to do, they're like, okay, I get it. But, uh, yeah, that it's still, you know, you, you definitely miss, miss it. So, Always. One one night in the hotel parking lot, you know, there were tree trimmers from everywhere, from Florida, Texas, everywhere. There were tree trimmers in this city to help cut. And they were making, dude, they're making a year's salary in a week there. And I can guarantee there's still tree trimmers trimming trees, like cutting trees up, taking them off people's property, chipping them up. Like there's still tree trimmers there doing that. That's how many trees were down. Good gosh. But, uh, you know, a bunch of guys I work with were, um, you know, having drinking in the parking lot, just BSing, doing, you know, what guys do and, you know, women do. And all of a sudden this lady walks up and then she's like, oh, do you guys have a light for a cigarette? They're like, no. So she starts walking away and they start talking to each other and she turns around. What was that? You know, like wanted to get in on the conversation. They're like, whatever. So then pretty soon this tree trimmer comes out and he's hammered. And then he starts talking with her. And next thing you know, she's like basically naked in the parking lot with this guy. And he's like, oh, you want to go up in my bucket for a ride? And we're on the main drag in this city, in this hotel. And uh, he turns his strobes on, turns the truck on, goes up in the bucket with her. And as high as they could, and they were, you know, banging it out up there in the bucket. And so, uh, the guys were laughing a little bit and then all of a sudden they saw her butt hanging off the bucket and, uh, they, so they were like, okay, you know, she, if they don't come down, she's going to fall out of there and, you know, she's going to die. So they called the cops cops get there they're like hey you know you need to come down well dude was so drunk he couldn't figure out how to run the bucket controls to get them down <laughs> oh jesus gosh <laughs> so they run the bucket controls finally get down to the ground uh you know and a couple of the guys had to help because they had to run the lower controls mm-hmm. and i don't know what happened after that everybody kind of left but yeah, that, that's a story you don't <laughs> often hear and that yeah it's pretty funny Oh my goodness. Which makes it funny, but it's like, what are you thinking going up in that bucket? (laughs) Well, that's the funny stories though that you guys have though. I mean, that's, that's. They told me the story the next morning and I didn't believe them. (laughs) And then they took a video. (laughs) Oh my God, you guys. My goodness, man. It sounds like you had a, a very 
When is the last time you've been gone? Like, have you had an, an experience like this last one with no. your job? Um, no. So I, um, the only thing that would have been close would have been going to Florida for Hurricane Irma. Uh-huh. Um, I was, I had the lowest seniority where I was uh-huh. working. So I had to stay behind to keep the lights on. Right. So I didn't get to go. Uh, there was another one last year in Northern Wisconsin that was like four days, four or five days. And I ended up not going on that because Ashley was having labor pains and I didn't want to be more than an hour away from home um, in case it was time. So, and then like less than a week later, you know, my youngest was brought into this world. So I'm glad I didn't go because it was any time. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Man. Well, gosh, man. That's, I, I think that's a pretty darn good update uh, <laughs> to our listeners of, of, you know, obviously why the last two weeks kind of put the podcast on hold because life, life happened. Life struck and uh, your child called and you had to go, you had to go help others. I think that just really kind of goes into what we, what we talk about here on Untapped K. We obviously care about people. We, we deeply care about people who care about each other. And I think that just goes to show you like your job for what you do literally proves that you care about people. You know, you're risking your life really so that people can have cable <laughs> so that people can have, you know, their lights and all that stuff, um, which is awesome. And I'm, you know, obviously helping homeless people get back on their feet, um, get into AODA counseling or, or, and obviously get into a home. So I think it's, this is just what untapped keg is about. So it's pretty awesome, man. Um, pretty awesome. We we're, we're walking the walk. Your job obviously is way more physically demanding than mine. <laughs> way more. So you got to get your rest, man. Yeah. I really need to, I learned after day seven, I need new insoles in my boots because uh, the factory ones are, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things is your feet just never never have I, enough time to rest. I can only imagine like probably wet, like your socks probably or the bottom of your pant leg, pants legs, probably wet, grass I, everywhere. One thing that they did a nice job of is uh, – Basically every day they had a laundry service, so if you needed laundry, oh, that's sweet. You could take it in, and then they'd bring it back. So, yeah, I only used it twice, but I needed it those two times for sure. So that's sweet. That's good. That's good then. And it was, you know, it was free for us, right? <laughs> we after like the fourth day, people are starting to run low on socks and underwear. It's like, okay, do we have to go to Walmart? You get some new ones, or are they going <laughs> to provide a laundry service? Like, you can wear pants and t shirts, you know, after a couple days. But mm-hmm. my boss said he ran his, a couple pairs of socks and underwear through the sink and let it dry out overnight. <laughs> I was like, you're so cheap. You're so cheap. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, like, you know, it was definitely a time where everybody kind of rallied together and. It was about getting people um, something that has become a necessity, like mm. 
you know, it used to be a luxury, but it's not anymore. It's just like the internet is now. Internet used to be a luxury, but now it's a necessity to do mm-hmm. your job to live comfortably. You know, it's it's a part of your uh, you know, your food, water, shelter. You know, especially you know. nowadays with COVID and a lot of businesses have their employees working from home. Yep. So need the internet. And then obviously we can even get a little bit more extreme with it where some people need their you know, their CPAP, C, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. CPAP machine. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, for medical medical reasons, people need electricity in their home. So it's just like you said, yeah, used to be a luxury. Now it's a necessity. So, yeah, that's a uh, – we thank you guys again. I mean, it's like you said, I, I hate harping on this, but it's so true. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. You don't – you know, I take it for granted sometimes. I'll be the first to admit that being able to walk into my home or walk into my room and just turn the light on or turn the microwave on or, you know, little stuff like that. I just take for granted. And I'm just hearing your story just from these past two weeks of those who didn't have power, trees falling, trees that fell through homes, et cetera. It's like, geez, man, I need to just appreciate the smaller things in life, which is a simple flick of a light switch. So just a change in perspective. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just driving around any of the cities that are affected by this storm. Um, it'll change your perspective a little bit on Mm -hmm. how, uh, how good we kind of have it right now. So that's a, that's a really good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate that update, man. I think I think you did a I think you you laid it on us and that's good because like you said, you would text us and stuff like that, um, giving us updates and in the group chat, but you know, you never really you didn't really have enough time <laughs> to get into depth of everything that was going on just like you did now. So I think it, it really helped me to understand um, you know, all that your job entails and then obviously our listeners as well. So it's it's quite the job. So yeah, I have a few videos that I you know I could post to our Facebook or Twitter page too. That, but it doesn't really do it justice. I didn't get a video that really shows kind of the damage. All the damage. That was there. Like, Jeez. you know, I think we had, like I said, I think we had fifteen hundred linemen, something like that, and then we had probably a thousand tree trimmers there as well. Not to mention all the city workers. You had the National Guard. You had, um, you know, just so many people trying to, the people just in their homes. Like, you know, I went to a backyard and these people just went and bought a chainsaw and uh, they YouTubed how to use a chainsaw to figure out how to cut these trees. And I'm like, yeah, I'll let you cut the trees that are on the ground. I'm going to go grab my saw and I'm going to cut these ones that are in the air for you because I don't want you killing yourselves. Mm. And then, you know, I'm like, uh, I got to, there was a couple branches I couldn't reach from the ground do it safely. So I'm like, Hey, when you guys are finished with this and that bucket, I need you to bring it around and we're going to cut these trees out because I don't want anybody getting hurt. So they ended up doing that. And it's like, if we didn't do that for them, I don't know how they would have gotten those trees down, but they would have tried. That's just the thing, man. I can't. I can't even imagine 
I don't think I've ever seen, you know, I've seen obviously the smaller trees. I'm talking the smaller ones, like maybe tipped over um, because of the wind, but I've never seen a, you know, a bigger tree, a big size tree just uprooted. Like, I don't even know what that would even look like. Um, And I guess right now I'm just trying to think, trying to imagine multiple trees that are blocking major roads. It's like, my gosh, that's just. It's insane. It's insane. And, you know, there was one that went through Madison a couple years ago. It wasn't the same kind of storm. It wasn't a derecho or Dureco or I'm not even sure. I've heard, I've heard it pronounced like eight different ways. Um, but one went through the Madison area a couple of years ago and the ground was so wet and it was just, it wasn't a retro. Like I said, it was just a big storm and the ground was so wet and there was so much rain at this time that trees, no trees were broken. It was literally just uprooted. Just the tree fell over and its big root system was exposed and that was the first time that I had seen something like that. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was unreal because if you had to cut your way through something, you had to cut through the entire tree. It wasn't just like a tree branch here or there. It was, you know, the entire tree you had to get through. It's like, you don't see stuff like that. You don't experience stuff like that on, I mean, I'm 29 going on 30 and it, I've, and I mean, I've lived in Missouri Obviously, Wisconsin, um, Denver, of course, but I can see why it wouldn't be common in Denver. But living in Missouri and here, it's like I've never come across that in the 29 years of my life. Um, It's pretty just crazy to think about, you know, an entire tree in its roots just completely uprooted and just laid out in the middle of the road. (laughs) That would be wild. Yeah, dump trucks were 24-7 with full of trees, taking it to a place where basically they were just burning it. Jeez. So. Jeez, man. That's yeah, good, it, man. Was, it was different, to be honest. And if anybody can find, you know, videos or uh, pictures that could kind of do it justice, like, this was a crazy event and just goes to show you the climate change that we are experiencing mm. that, you know, you need to get on board with because every single year we have a thousand, hundred, five hundred year storm that things that in recorded history we haven't seen before. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. I mean, people forget that, you know, Mother Earth, you know, Earth is a living thing. And you know, this is my take on it, Earth being a living thing. And we, as we know, are not doing the greatest job of taking care of our own home. <laughs> so maybe it's trying to get us off of it. Who knows? Who knows? Definitely. We need uh, we need the Queer Eye guys to come through and help us get <laughs> our stuff together because we need it. <laughs> Touche. Touche, man. Well, I personally appreciate the update on everything. I know our listeners do as well. Um, you know, this this episode is mainly coming in. We knew that we were going to focus more on, you know, where you've been. Everyone knows what I'm doing. I mean, I'm in a hotel 
doing the same thing day in and day out. Um, but yours was a little bit more, no, a lot more extreme. Um, so lastly, again, man, we appreciate it. We most definitely do. Thank you. Uh, you know, something else that we're going to update on the next show and obviously things got in the way, but, uh, we're going to start streaming more. Like Mm. we have our Twitch page that's untapped keg. So if you, you want to watch us stream like fall guys, or, uh, (laughs) I think you're going to stream some FIFA and maybe some Madden or whatever. We're going to start streaming more. Both of us. I, uh, I already streamed some FIFA earlier. Like, if you guys go, yeah, like just like RJ said, go to go to Untapped Tag on Twitch and go ahead and watch. I, I just streamed like thirty minutes ago. <laughs> Sweet, some uh, FIFA. I didn't. I do have the camera, so I. W- that's what we mean by really streaming. We'll put the camera up, and you'll be able to see my face, see RJ's face, and all that stuff. But yeah, I was I was just playing FIFA now about thirty minutes ago. Uh, yeah, we page. we want to do things that are more fun. Like you know, this podcast is awesome and we love to mm-hmm. share our stories and you know how tough things can be and um and we understand that like we you know we want to give a voice to people's you know recovery and sober mm-hmm. journey um but we also want to have some fun we want to bring some levity we want to put smiles on people's faces right and uh I agree. yeah I we agree. think that this will this will be a lot of fun so um, you know, if, if you want to, you want to join in, you want to play with us, <laughs> you know, you want to be in the chat and, you know, have some fun. Like we want to, we want to really build a community that we can lean on each other, that, you know, we can have a good time. We can have discussions, we can have debates mm-hmm. about things that are going on in the world, um, and be, have kind of a safe space where you can disagree. Um, but ultimately we all agree that, you know, doing the right thing is the right thing. Just we have to figure out sometimes what the right thing is. Um, Indeed. We all know what the right thing is right now. I think we all know what the moral fight is right now. Mm. Um, But, you know, we need to give people room to grow. And that's what we want from this community is to give some, some space for people to be able to grow, to become the people that maybe we want to be that, other people see us as, but we don't feel like we are there right now. And we think that maybe streaming and gaming and having another outlet is going to help people do that. Absolutely. Good point. Good point. And I want to just leave it as leave it at this is when, once we do get to the streaming, I'm, I'm a huge trash talker. Um, and I'm the greatest FIFA player ever. So, just gonna go ahead and put that out there. So you can go, you can go on our Untapped Keg Twitch account and watch my two matches I already played this morning, and just go ahead and just just look at how great I am at the game. You know, I I, I can't don't lie, to people. Your plan is Liverpool, which is basically the all Madden team. No, I actually play on this Barcelona, <laughs> not too far behind. Oh, oh, you got to play as uh, Messi. That's what you do I pick Barcelona because. When you play online, everybody's either Barcelona or Liverpool. So it's like, my God. Because I usually play with Chelsea, but I'm like, my gosh. Does anybody play with – like you said, it's like it's like picking the – You should be playing as Leicester City if you are that good. <laughs> so we got a lot of exciting things coming up. I think it's going to be fun, man. We're only, yeah, what, 25, 26? Hopefully they're here to stay. Oh, we didn't even get into the fact that you drafted a fantasy football team for the very first time. 
Oh. And what was the one thing that I told you after, you know, you and I had a, I don't know. Let me grab my phone. phone Let me grab my phone. (laughs) You said, listen to me. Do not embarrass me. That was your exact (laughs) words to me. And uh, I may just have. Uh, And and what what did you do? (laughs) Yeah. I'll go through my team right now. Because you drafted what? I was, my first pick was round one, pick two. You know, I was right there at the top. Obviously, the first player taken was uh, um, McCaffrey. Nope, Christian. Christian McCaffrey was taken first. Um, So I was number two, and I picked Saquon Barkley. Great pick. Took Saquon. Um, so I'll just go. I'll just go through my roster right now. Quarterback Russell okay. Wilson. We all know he's phenomenal quarterback for one, but then he's just great for fantasy as well because he can scramble, pick up yards with his feet, and obviously has a great arm. Saquon, we know what he can do in the backfield. I also got James Conner, running back, Pittsburgh. Ooh, you're we getting know all he's, robotic he's there. Nah, but he's st- he, you know he stepped up. Say what? Hello. Can you hear me? You're you're starting to lag a little bit. Like your internet's getting a little choppy. Is can you hear me? Yo, I can hear you now. Hello. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. Oh, guy had a little had a little malfunction. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys, but uh, just... I'll start back at I'll start back at the beginning. There, can you hear me now? RJ. Yeah, I can hear you now. All right, good, 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 good. So, all right, sorry about that, guys, but uh, I'll go ahead and start from the top again. So my quarterback, I obviously got Russell Wilson. We know what he can do. Phenomenal player on the field. Can rush, obviously, meaning he can run with his legs. Um, <clears throat> scramble, I mean. And obviously has a great arm. Saquon Barkley in the backfield, we know what he can do. I got James Conner. We know that he stepped up. Once Le'Veon Bell left Pittsburgh, he's been doing great. So I got him as well. I got Mike Evans, receiver for the Buccaneers. Had to take him. I think that he's going to be, obviously, he's a weapon for Tom Brady. Now, this is the pick that had the entire fantasy league questioning my, uh, you know, my skill set when it comes to fantasy drafting. I picked up Sammy, Sammy Watkins receiver uh and he's listed as questionable now they were dogging me for this pick but i don't know man i think i think he's gonna have a good year i do i think so got travis kelsey tied in we we know how great he is as a player i took james white obviously a good friend of mine i may have taken him a little too early but uh got him as my flex i feel like cam newton's gonna utilize him just like how Cam utilized Christian McCaffrey. Um, both can catch out the backfield. Both obviously can run. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and take him. I took Mike Gallup, receiver, Cowboys. I may end up trading him. I'm not sure yet. Um, and then I picked the Buccaneers defense. I kind of I kind of yeah, messed up on that pick. Who's going to trade with you. True. True. I'll be able to figure it out because I need like kind a dominant of. receiver. I need I need a I need a go to guy. 
as a receiver. That's what I need. I got Rob Gronkowski on the bench. Um, not sure how he's going to do after sitting out for a year. Who knows? So I, I'll keep him on the bench to see what's up. I got Jamison Crowder, receiver. Oh, boy. Yeah, we just lost months. I got I running know. back uh, Raheem Most, Mostert. We know he had a really good year last year in the playoffs. Specifically, um, do not draft. And this was a bad a defense. I got a quarterback the on the bench. Rounds. I got Jimmy G on the you bench. You do not need them. So what is <sighs> Don't know what I'm going to do with that. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Don't know. In the like fourth from last round. So don't don't embarrass whatsoever. me. RJ, can you hear me? ahead and does that. That's embarrassing. Anyway, it's his first team. I think he did pretty good. We'll keep you updated. I actually have a fancy draft tonight. I'm excited about I drafted two teams while on Storm. One of them I kind of enjoy. The other one I'm like, man, I screwed up. But it's tough to concentrate when you're uh, when you're working and then you're trying to jump in between. So that's the that's this episode. Went a little bit long. We've been missing missing recording. We miss you guys. Uh, you know, I hope that everyone's understanding of why we missed. Um, I'm hoping in the future we can have some evergreen episodes. So like if something like this happens again, we can just post something that uh, will always be relevant kind of a thing. So anyway, you know, you can find us on untapped keg, untappedkeg.com. Find us on Facebook, untapped keg. We're basically, we're untapped keg everywhere. Um, you can find Monts at Monteball28 on Twitter, um, at Monteball on Instagram, I believe. RJ, can you hear me? I can hear you now. You there? Yeah. It's, yeah. Let's, you get my text. Let's just, uh, I'm just, I'm just ending wrap. it. So where can people find you on Instagram? Yep. Let's just wrap. This. All right. Say that, say that part again. Where can people find you on Instagram? You guys can find me at Monteball28 on Instagram. Um, obviously we have an untapped page, untapped cake page as well on Instagram. Twitter, you can find me at Monteball28. Um, yeah, excuse me. Instagram's just Monteball. Twitter's Monteball28. Um, send me a message, send me topics, send me everything, all the above, and uh, we'll most definitely attack those questions and topics. RJ, where can they find you? I uh, find me on Twitter at it's Trickster. The I and Trickster is a one. Um, yeah, and we appreciate you guys coming back and giving us a listen. Uh, feel free mm-hmm. to share us like us everywhere. Please rate us on our podcast on your podcast service of choice. And, uh, you know, we love you guys. Let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. Cause at least if we fail, we were trying. So thanks for listening. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.